0: So you know happened? what? I'm just thinking, was I supposed to tell you that?
1: <laughs> okay,
0: let's keep it pre-nosed 3, alright.
1: Whiskey, whiskey, the singer's getting sore. We raise the roof, now we're lower in the floor. The band is blistering, but we got a little
2: more. When I say one, two, you say three, four. three, four, one, two, three, four.
3: Welcome to Whiskey Topic. I'm Mark Bylock,
2: and I'm Jamie Johnson.
3: And today it's going to be Irish whiskey, which I think is a theme. It's, it's getting close to March, I think. Uh, That's right. Um, it's, it's a big, well
2: timed. Big... We did that on purpose. Well, yeah. We do everything on purpose.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we're so Nothing well planned has ever here. Ever <laughs> <laughs> but we're going we're to be talking a lot about Irish whiskey, as we do this time of year. Uh, I think it was yes. our second or third show, Jamie, that we did an Irish whiskey show. Yes. I don't remember what we talked about. Um, no. We probably defined what Irish whiskey was
2: we probably did but we should probably do that again at some point
3: at some point yeah yes. cuz it's yeah. changed even i think the yeah. rules have changed
2: over 100 and, how many 107 episodes now yeah so yeah I'm, my memory yeah is, i don't
3: even remember me, i mean yeah. i looked at wikipedia back then so <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding i looked at my book i looked at my book <laughs> 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 I, I always tell people about whiskey tastings. I'm like, so the Wikipedia entry says this. How, However. Here's, here's the stuff you can't find on Wikipedia. because right. I mean, really, at these days, like everything's on Wikipedia. Yeah. It might not be accurate, but no. Yeah. That's
2: why you should go buy yourself a book, specifically mm-hmm. The Whiskey Cabinet yeah. by Mark Bylock.
3: That would be lovely.
2: Plug, plug, plug. Plug, plug,
3: plug. <laughs> I do define Irish whiskey in that book, so I should know the answer. <laughs> but we have an expert today. Uh, we have too. John Quinn, the Global Ambassador for Tullamore Dew. Yay. Is there, is, is there a fancy way to say Tullamore Dew? <laughs>
0: So it's interesting you asked that question. Now, let me explain mm-hmm. that I'm Irish. Yes. It might be apparent. And in <laughs> Ireland, we say Tullamore Jew. Tullamore Jew. But a lot of people, in, especially in the U.S., I would say Tullamore do. Mm-hmm. And then some people will say Tullamore Jew. And none of them are wrong. Okay. I don't care how often people say it, to be honest with you. In whatever way they pronounce it, it's fine. But if when I say Tullamore Jew, I have a friend from New York, Alan, and he's a Jewish man. And Alan used to say, Quinnah, it's not Tolomar Jew, it's Tolomar Do And I said, <laughs> Alan, that was a very bad New York accent. <laughs> I said, Alan, that's the way we pronounce it in Ireland. We can't help it. But that's there you go. Funny.
3: Well, I, I like the freedom because in Scotland, they don't, they don't, they, they make fun of you. And I get made fun of all the time for mispronouncing all the, Mark all the names. Mark is
2: terrible at pronouncing things, names, it, like places. places it's <laughs> hilarious. You should hear names. him try to say Buna
0: Bunahaven, bunny. <laughs> bunny. bunny, the bunny, and the bunny. Whiskey. you know. I don't even call it Bunahaven; I call it Bunahowen. Oh, jeez! Oh, because <laughs> no, that's the Irish language way of pronouncing. bun-a-hawen literally means. I don't know if you know this, but it literally means the end of the river. Uh-huh. Did you know that? No, no I didn't know. know that. Oh, yeah. You should. Awen yeah. or awen is uh, is a river, and bun is the end, so uh-huh. it's the end of the river.
3: Wow! Wow! Oh, there you go! We oh we my God, could... I have to start talking about whiskey soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, and we
2: even have you. You speak Gaelic, do so you not? I do, yeah, oh. yeah.
0: It's not my fault. <laughs> Is that like a prerequisite for, for Ireland? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's <laughs> not at all. I, like there's so few people in Ireland who speak it that we don't even call it, we call it Irish. But there's so few people in Ireland who speak it anymore that it, uh, a bit of a freak, really. Yeah, you know, but it's great, awesome.
3: amazing. Because in Ontario, we a lot of times we learned
0: uh, Latin. Like a lot of schools still had Latin yep. classes, yeah. which That's I thought true. was Like well, I guess that's useful. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of
1: people
2: speak Mm. that. No, I remember.
0: I remember in school I learned Latin, and one of the boys in school was asked by the teacher why he wasn't keen on it, and he said, "It's a dead language." (laughs) 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 Yeah, the point. Yeah. (laughs) No arguing that at all. Now,
3: now, first of all, we'd like to officially thank you uh, as an ambassador for Ireland for inventing whiskey. Uh, so John Quinn thank you so much uh, for for, (laughs) for that (laughs) Uh, too too many Scots take credit for this obviously um, uh, (laughs) the
2: uproar that that causes when you say in a whiskey tasting that it wasn't the Scots that invented whiskey you would think
3: I know it gets gets ugly ugly. Um, and also um, you you did the other favorite thing which is you brought a lot of cast samples which Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know Jamie and I are all about the the barrel samples this is pretty much the we, uh, we like to so live. So yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> Every day. Just, just I, I
2: highly recommend it. Find yourself a brand ambassador who can bring some cask samples. Yeah, well, it's also it's,
0: it's, it's a great thing for a brand ambassador to do because you get an opportunity to explain to people who might be in the industry but mm-hmm. don't know enough, or sorry, maybe know it enough to sell it, uh, either across the counter or into, into bars, but they really need to get to know it a bit better to feel even more confident. So mm-hmm. when I did this uh, talk to the sales team um, in, in Toronto, uh, I, I presented these cask samples, and they said, oh, it makes so much more sense. It, you know,
2: It really does make a difference when you get into the nitty-gritty of it. And it doesn't mean you have to understand the bits and pieces of distillation or mm-hmm. the acidity level. And the, like You don't have to really understand, Like, but, but to break it down and to do that deconstruction, it yeah. gives you such an appreciation of how... Um, how minute some of these flavors are and how it all comes together. So I think anyone could appreciate this sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. certainly it
0: rings the bells. And I did a bit of bartender training yesterday as well and Mm -hmm. the guys loved it. You know, they really said, okay, this is getting under the skin of it. I get it now. It's much more intelligible to me. So... That's grand. I That's like that. great.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, we're looking forward to going through that. But how about you tell us a little bit about how you got into this in the first place?
0: Oh, God, it's a long story. <laughs> I'm glad you're sitting down. Uh, and <coughs> so we have whiskey,
2: so just go right ahead. Yeah, yeah, take your it. time. I actually
0: started in the whiskey business, in the Irish whiskey business, in 1974. Okay, not 1874, despite the face. okay? <laughs> um, and how did I get into it? Well, it's not really a sexy story, I'm sorry to tell you, but I was playing football for a team. And uh, the team's manager said to me, What are you going to do when you finish school? Are you going to go onto on to university? Or are you going to, I said, I'm not really sure. And he said, Look, my brother is looking to recruit some people in a company that sells whiskey. It's called the Irish Distillers Group, whatever. <laughs> and they're they looking for young guys to start their careers. And so I went for an interview and I was given the job as the office boy. And I started, that's how I started. That's amazing. Like, no, it's not amazing. It's, it's really boring. No, it's no. there's nothing sexy about that at me. all. No. This was is, this is the 70s. So like f-
3: The photocopier hasn't <coughs> existed yet. The, the fax machine <laughs> didn't exist. I mean, what did okay. the office boy do at You're that right. point? The fax machine <laughs> didn't exist.
0: <laughs> the, office boy, the office boy opened the post and he delivered it around to the various oh. different people and whatever. And to be honest with you, actually, this is actually kind of annoying, but before I started, yeah. they rang me and said, we've just promoted you. So I hadn't even started. (laughs) And I said, seriously? Okay. They said, we want you to work at the bottling plant and to be the sort of recorder of bottling statistics or whatever, and it's a promotion, and you're going to get more money. Wow. 70s were great. Yeah, no, exactly. I don't think that happens. Uh, No, I was really able, though. They could say I was a really able guy, so they gave me a promotion before 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 they even met me kind of thing, you know? (laughs) 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 I think actually what happened was a vacancy became, uh, obviously what happened, a vacancy became available, and then they said, okay, well, we have a guy going to start, so rather than interviewing somebody else, just put him in there, and then they interviewed somebody else for the office job. Amazing. That, that
3: sounds very typical. Right place, right time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's an Irish way of doing things. So.
3: But, but that was an extra, actually an interesting time, right? Because in the 70s, that's when a lot of distilleries consolidated. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like Middleton Distillery was one of the two, uh, Bushmills and Middleton were the only two distilleries running right. through m- much of the 70s.
0: Yeah. Now, I could tell you a little bit about that if you want. Because yeah, I when do. I started uh, in 74, the Jemison distillery had already closed, in fact, and the Powers distillery was still working in, uh, in Dublin. And um, in 1975, we moved all the stocks from those distilleries down to Middleton because we were building the new distillery in Middleton. So that was a time that was really significant. And I was so young, I didn't understand the significance of it. Yeah. And I mm. used to walk down among, into the distillery and into the Cooperage in in John's Lane in Dublin, which was the Paris Mm. Distillery. And I didn't appreciate the history that I was surrounded by and the smells and and the noises, you know, and the Cooper shouting and uh, everybody Mm. making noise. And it was great. But I didn't get it. I didn't understand that this is a history in the making because we're closing it soon, you know. I had no appreciation. It was afterwards, you know, that I look back and say, oh, God, that was a great time to be down there, you know. So I was lucky. I worked in... The distillery in john's lane when it was still a working distillery and then it closed that year uh, so you worked through the closing and then yeah, moved uh, to middleton. yeah in fact in fact yeah. i was a little bit involved in moving of casks from yeah. dublin to yeah. middleton i was involved in a team called the middleton project again i was junior junior so it was 75 76 and they asked me to get involved in the movement of casks from the distilleries in dublin down into the middleton warehouses so
3: that's amazing. I mean, like, you think about right. the Irish whiskey, how big it is today. And now we've got,
0: like, 30-plus
3: distilleries in Ireland. Yeah. And, and yeah. back then, that was it. There was two distilleries holding up the fort. And, and three, yeah. three distilleries came together and said, okay, we're, we're picking a home, and we're yeah. going to move here. Yeah. And that's the only way we can keep
0: going. So that was the point. I mean, the, the distilleries in Dublin um, and, and the Powers Distillery, which was distilling Dew at that time as well, the Jemison Distillery, even the Cork Distilleries Distillery, which is the Paddy Whiskey Distillery in Cork, they were all too small. And the ones in Dublin were city bound. So in order to expand, they needed a, greens, a green, a greenfield space. Okay. And because all the companies had come together. You know, all the companies came together in the sixties. The powers uh, with Tullamore Jew and that family the Jamisons and the Murphys from Cork the Cork Distillers Company they all came together to form one company in 1966 which was to be the United Distillers of Ireland Mm -hmm. soon to be changed to Irish Distillers Limited and in 1972 the Bushmills Company joined that group and that became the Irish Distillers Group in 72 that I joined in 74 so it was really a newly formed company at that time wow that's amazing and and owned by a few different people throughout the time I guess you've three different companies so you no there. so in my time it was owned by, it was a publicly quoted company I was okay. group it, uh, after I left that company uh, it became owned by um, Pernod Ricard yeah that was 89 I think yeah so then and the Grant's family came in and they're like well we're buying this yeah. yeah. So the so the, the the brand actually was bought by a company called CNC in Ireland. It was a CNC International was a, another company, and then I was with CNC International, and then the brand was bought by the William Grant's Group in 2010. So some people mm-hmm. say to me, "When did you join the William Grant's Group?" Mm-hmm. I say, "I didn't. I they joined me." You know, because ah. <laughs> I've you know I've been there down the yeah. years. So yep. it's a bit of a joke. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it, that's been I've been very lucky because it's a great business to be in. And now, it's an even greater business to be in, you know. Yeah. So, I was there when, I suppose you could say, people say, oh, you were there in the tough times. I didn't know they were tough. Right. But, you know, I mean, now weird. I look back yeah. and say, yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 this and, like, is
3: the, the number whiskey. two selling whiskey in the world. Yeah. I mean, Irish whiskey in the Irish world. Irish whiskey mm-hmm. in the world yeah. Yeah. is number yeah. two.
0: Yeah yeah. 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 And we're very proud of that. And I'm personally delighted that I've been part of that story. That's great. Um, and it's, it's not that we constantly measure how well we're doing, although we do, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's you know, if you're in the whiskey business, it's just not always about numbers. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's more about emotions, feelings, um, creativity, looking at the past and enjoying the past and looking to the future and seeing what that might hold. And yes, you have to add up the numbers. As I sometimes say to people, if we didn't sell as much Tullamore Dew as we do, four expensive kids wouldn't have gone to college. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, and thanks to God they did. <laughs> <laughs> so.
2: Are any of them interested in the whiskey business?
0: Uh, well, actually, imagine one of my uh, children, my daughter, lives in Chicago and works for a well-known American bourbon company oh. called Jim Beam. Oh, oh. Yeah, wow. so she works for them. She's uh, in a marketing role there, and she's doing really well, and she's very happy there. Awesome. Yeah. Interesting. I love I'm not, it. I'm not supposed to talk about other whiskey companies. Yeah, you? no, no, yeah, no. no just, yep, <laughs> did no, I mention? Did I even mention the company I work for yet? <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, you mentioned how to pronounce it. I believe that's as far yeah. As, oh, yeah, as. Yeah, that's true. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you a license to pronounce it any way you want, Mark. <laughs> I did, which is amazing. This is more than I've ever gotten from Scotland. Thanks, Scotland.
0: Um, <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> and Now there is a distillery by this name. Yeah, the Tullamore Distillery is now up and running since 2014. We did have an old distillery in, uh, uh, until 1954. Okay. And then with the closures of many distilleries in Ireland around that time through the 40s, 50s, and th- indeed many of them had closed long before the Tullamore Dew Distillery. Um, that closed... And then uh, we were being uh, produced. Our whiskey's being made for us under licence in Powers, and then under licence in Middleton. Mm-hmm. So, and that's been happening f- since then. Like many of the Irish whiskey brands, uh, their own distilleries closed, uh, yeah. and uh, the Middleton distillery. We, we would have called it the Middleton Distilleries Complex because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. a few distilleries within it. Um, and so Middleton produces for many of the brands of Irish whiskey. And now Tullamore has its own distillery again since 2014, which is great. Mm. So,
2: in Scotland and in in many different American distilleries, there's this like sense of community. Between the different distilleries, if you you know if your something happens to your still, you can call your neighbor down the hall and be like, oh hey, Glenlivet, can you come over and help me with grab this this thing for me? And there was um, a fire at Heaven Hill a couple mm-hmm. of years ago, and all the distilleries rallied around them and, and helped to get them back up and running and made their juice for them. Is the same sort of atmosphere in Ireland? I suppose we all pals.
0: I, I expect there will be, yeah. but um, so we just to I think we have eighteen finished distilleries or about-to-be-finished distilleries now, having, as you said, well, having f- had four ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, th- everybody's in the the phase of being new and our new distilleries. And, like, we have mature whiskey now, mm-hmm. uh, but many of the distilleries, most of the other distilleries, uh, don't have. Um, there's only five or six distilleries that will have matured whiskies at this stage. But, so we haven't been in the situation... Well, we haven't had any fires, thanks be to God. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and I'm sure if and when... That it would ever happen then of course people would rally around absolutely yeah. and we're all part of the irish whiskey association now mm-hmm. or most of us yeah um and therefore that's also brings us together in terms of understanding uh, o- ho- how we see irish is being defined for mm-hmm. example and going forward uh, and and working with government agencies to either promote it or to to draft legislation if it's needed mm-hmm. that sort of thing yeah okay. Yeah.
2: So the sort of the Irish equivalent of the Scotch it's Whiskey Association. Exactly it's the exactly the Irish equivalent okay. of the Scotch Whiskey Association.
0: Okay. Uh, and we we use the Scotch Whiskey Association's um, sort of expertise and experience to help guide us through how we're forming ourselves together. But we're only together three or four years at this stage, wow. so it's a very recently formed... Uh, yeah
2: fascinating for such an old whiskey to yeah. still be in, in sort of a, a, a realm of infancy almost. Like That's it's it's exactly right. Yeah. That's right.
0: Like we're the oldest whiskey association yeah. <laughs> and we're the newest whiskey yes, association, exactly. you know, in that sense. Yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well,
2: I think it's time to, to have a, a little sip. Yeah, has been, you know, a whole five minutes, right? So,
0: <laughs> so, we're, our, so, what I was doing um, with the, the other guys the other day and what I purport that we should do, or propose we should do now, yes. is... When we talk about Tullamore Jew, one of the things I'm trying to explain to uh, my uh, my audiences um, who are usually professionals or people who understand whiskey in any case, um, is that within the Tullamore Jew blend, uh, there are three styles of whiskey. So we have grain whiskey, mm-hmm. from made from patent stills, continuous distillation, you understand that, mm-hmm. or we have malt whiskey, which is a single malt, and we have pot still whiskey, which is a single pot still. Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore... When I'm explaining to people i say let's try the grain whiskey, let's try the malt whiskey, let's try the pot still whiskey, and let's understand the key differences between all three in f- terms of flavour profile, mm-hmm. also in terms of production process mm-hmm. and, and even mash bills and things like that. And then people get to understand, okay, it tastes like that because of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that one tastes like that. and then the blend of all three together tastes like that because they have all those different blends. This so. is the deconstruction of the this. This is the this deconstruction is of whiskey. Perfect, exactly it's right. great. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I sometimes call it the beauty of blending. Oh, session. Okay.
2: <laughs> uh, it's, it's wonderful that you use that word blend because I think there's there's still people get all persnickety about when you say blend, and I think we've been trying to at least on the podcast say the word blend doesn't yes. mean a ba- it's not a bad, bad thing. thing. All of whiskeys are blended unless you have a single barrel. Like yeah. that's it. That's everything else has been married together is yes. that just a fancy word for blending, That's blending. Right. <laughs>
0: it's all blending <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know I sometimes say to people look our head distillers are very important your master distiller is an extremely important person, man or woman your master blender is probably even more important mm-hmm. yeah I mean, we don't want him knocked down by a bus. No. <laughs> okay? So I mean, these are the uh, really essentially uh, people who take an awful long time to qualify as a master blender mm-hmm. yeah. because it's such a complex thing. And therefore, Absolutely. you know, when people oh. talk about blends in, in, and they, they don't really rate the blends in the way they might rate the singles, I say, you know, I think you're wrong. And that's yes. why we're here today. That's right. So the first one we have here is the Tomer du Grain. It's on the left. Now it's actually uh, it's about seventy percent alcohol by volume, Ooh. so straight sure, away. Sure, great, it's going yeah, hey, Sunday yes. afternoon, a little boozy, yeah, <laughs> just a little, just a touch. Now it's it's very spirty at seventy percent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the the mash bill here is maize and malted barley. Okay, okay, yeah. so it's made from maize and malted barley. This is actually a triple distilled. So maize a a word hmm? is a fancy word for oh, yes, corn. Maize is a fancy word for corn. Oh yeah, sorry, yes. <laughs> Do you know what the funny thing is? I used to say corn, and then i am been France, and they say corn, and I say no, maize. Ah, oh, maize. Okay, fine. Yep. So in Europe, they call it maize. It's yeah. Con- yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. it's yeah. corn, corn. Yeah, exactly.
3: um, And then this is interesting. So this is the this is already like this is like a mash bill, more like a bourbon in, in that style. It. It's got and corn and it's got
0: and malted it's, barley, and it's continuously distilled. And mm. so there's an awful lot of reasons why it would be similar mm. in that style. Absolutely.
2: You get the corn right off the nose. Yeah. You do, don't yeah, you? absolutely. It's,
0: it's, it's, it's quite uh, corny, or <laughs> corny. I actually said, I <laughs> can't did. believe I said that word. Sorry. <laughs> this is why you use uh, me. I know, I know it's you're going to edit that one edit that out. Okay. So, <laughs> um, but, but it's, so I, I'd say to the guys, try it at 70% and then say, okay, and then add a little water because it's, it's just a little bit too alcohol-y. I think um, in that you're, you get much more of the flavor when you add a little water. Yeah, and that's not bad for seventy percent. I have to that's say, that's yeah, not uh, bad at all for no? seventy percent. No, that's and you see, it's triple distilled. It's run through three different columns, yeah. so mm-hmm. it, that actually helps take some of the uh, sharpness off it, if you'd call it that. So it's not bad, as you say, for seventy percent.
3: So no, I mean, seriously, for seventy. I and mean, the nose, you can tell by the nose. It's mm-hmm. just like it's yeah, so no, potent. But it's, uh, it's, on the palate, it's 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 yeah, quite no, it's uh,
0: very very pleasant, yeah. very pleasant.
2: Mm. It's quite subtle. It's not. There's no. It's yeah.
1: It's.
0: It's not biting you. No. It's not breakfast whiskey, though. Let's let's be clear. Yeah. It's <laughs> not breakfast. I mean, there's bite to this, <laughs> it's but. Not breakfast whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. Uh, I never talk about breakfast whiskey because <laughs> <laughs> they're all breakfast whiskey. This, yeah. this is John's <laughs> job. <laughs> that's not true. Oh, <laughs> mg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's the grain, and as I say. It's 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 quite it's 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 very much a grain style of whiskey. It's quite mm-hmm. sweet, mm-hmm. It, as it would be, um, and and because we're using ex bourbon barrels, so a lot of the vanillin in the can the castor there, it's going to give you that vanilla sweetness. That's, I, I would say to people it's sweet, but it's not sugar sweet. It's mm-hmm. it's no. much more vanilla sweet, mm-hmm. and and it's picking up that from from the wood, of course, and being of a, of a triple distilled grain whiskey, it's not going to be huge in flavor when it comes off the still, mm-hmm. off the f- mm-hmm. off the third still. So mm-hmm. it's going to be. Um, it's, a, it's a grain whiskey spirit, which is going to get a lot from the wood. Thank- uh, what what, what the,
3: uh, what's the alcohol content from, like, the first distillation, second distillation? Third? How, how does that th- run through? Yeah,
0: so the second distillation is going to come about 70%, and mm. the third distillation is going to be in the early 90s. Okay. Yeah, mm. yeah. so wow. it's very high. But yeah. we, we, we bring it down, we reduce it, uh, to, it barrel- to about before 70, barrel- 70 uh, before we cast yeah, it, yeah, yeah. yeah. So about 70, yeah
3: so this is basically kind of your I guess you would call this the, the base component of the whiskey or yeah yeah.
0: so you know um, the, the, there are many ways of describing uh, your blends of course but um, certainly every blend and this is sometimes I have to explain this to the guys who wouldn't necessarily know naturally that every blended whiskey is going to have some grain whiskey mm-hmm. in it yeah, and then people say Aren't all whiskies made from some grain? <laughs> That's also true. Yeah. But <laughs> is it, is it, I don't know if it's even a term that you guys use in the in, in North America. Is it, is it? Do you use grain as a term, or do you, do you use that, s- yep. that name? Okay. Yeah, so
2: especially in in Canadian whiskey as well, <coughs> because we we do tend to use uh, grain whiskeys as our base component. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: So so then it, it makes sense for, for for people who would be listening to the show. Yep. It would make sense. Um. Yeah, and it is the base whiskey on which we are flavoring whiskeys. Uh, with which our flavouring whiskies mm-hmm. are blended, mm-hmm. um, and that's how I sometimes describe the malt whiskies and the pot still whiskies as the, fl- the ones that really give a lot of flavour. Mm-hmm. There is flavour here, mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. flavour here. Um, it's a sweet whisky. It's a very approachable whisky. And indeed, when I've done these deconstruction tastings where people have done it for the first time say, "Oh, that's really nice. I would buy that," <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's not yeah, for sale. Not for sale. <laughs> so it's enjoy only, it now. It's <laughs> only for <laughs> <a> little geeky <laughs> sessions <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, so that's. I mean, I sometimes describe it as having a kind of a biscuit sweetness. There's mm-hmm. a biscuit that you can get in Ireland mm. called Nice biscuits, N-I-S-E, or N-I-C-E, and mm-hmm. people think that's nice. Nice. It is nice, but it's nice. called Nice biscuits, and um, yeah, they're they're kind of sugary sweet biscuits, and it's kind of in that direction. So yeah. trying Readiness to give people, a, yeah. trying Readiness. to give people a, a flavor direction. And I would say that's it's quite sweet, but vanilla sweet, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Would I'm you taste it one more time, just to be sure.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you mature um, each of these separately and then blend yes. at the end? Yes, exactly.
0: Okay. Yeah. So this has been matured in, in an ex-bourbon barrel. Okay. Okay. So, um, and uh, we, will, we will use in different, depending on the spirit type, whether it's grain whiskey or malt whiskey or pot still whiskey, mm-hmm. we'll use either ex-bourbon or ex-sherry. Okay. But the ex-sherry, we only use for our pot still maturation. We don't actually mature uh, the grain or the malt in Sherry casks. Okay, for Got this blend. Okay. okay. Yeah, good. Good to know. So that's the first one, um, and I often say to people, "I hope you didn't fi- finish all of that." <laughs> <laughs> oh, too late, so. Too okay, late. We have more. Yeah. <laughs> there is a lot more. <laughs> but if you didn't finish off it, c- I would say to the guys, keep some of that because yeah. I want you to compare with the other here. So the second one beside that is the, the single malt. Mm-hmm. Okay. Again.
2: Yeah, fruity, fruity, like fruity, like. Fruity, like Yeah, yeah. No, exactly,
0: wow. Jimmy. and that's what I say to people. It's so fruity. It's like it's juicy fruit. Did you ever taste juicy fruit? Absolutely. Yeah, it Chewing is. Gum? It's absolutely. It's like yeah. so juicy fruit. It's,
2: oh, my gosh.
0: It's fabulous. Now, and I say this to people, you know, all malt whiskies would be fruity, except that sometimes we're going to use peat to dry the barley, yes. and then once you impart the peat through the, smo- uh, through the drying process, you're never going to get that back. You're never mm-hmm. going to take out the peat at any stage, mm-hmm. so it's always going to be there. And it's just a hard to pick out the fruit sometimes through the, mm-hmm. through the peat, and certainly you wouldn't get this level of fruit. Oh. You know? Wow. Yeah, it's a whole other level. It, it, there's yeah, a whole it it other level of fruit. It's yeah. like, yeah. wow. There's all kinds of berry fruit in there, and oh, yeah. I keep telling, I keep saying it, I should shut up about it, actually. It's juicy fruit he yeah. yeah. fruit Did starburst you? all of those things starburst you know? Star- yes. that's the candy I was thinking of Star- yeah. starburst yeah. Starburst, yeah. starburst is yeah, yeah, definitely
3: yeah, yeah. Uh, the one that hits it on
0: the head for me yeah and that's about 63 I think 63% yeah that's so 63.2% uh, yeah again I always add a little water just for the purposes of tasting
3: so this is much drier I mean the nose is fruity the, on mm-hmm. the palate it's drier it's, it's drier get, get more the, the it's drier on mm-hmm. the palate isn't it yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah, yeah
0: it. and I'm and, you know, we have to say that the casks are going to help that along in terms of bringing, helping the dryness come along, yeah. Mm. And it's a, it's a pleasant combination of the two, you
3: know. Yeah. Mm.
0: Really, really happy with it. Well, I love that whiskey, and... Um, oh. so this is column
3: distilled as well? No, it's so this pot stil, stil. This is pot, pot distilled, distil, distil. yeah.
0: All of our malt whiskies are distilled That's through the right, pot okay. still system, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah th- I mean, so we'll, we'll talk about the pot still whiskey in a moment, but sometimes when I talk about pot still whiskey and I talk about malt whiskey, a lot of my audiences are going to presume that malt whiskey... Is not in a pot still because I've talked about pot still whiskey coming through, and that's the shape of the still. Right. So they presume it's not actually. In a right. Actually, no, it's also distilled in a pot still. That's right because
3: we, we haven't talked about the definition of virus, or whiskey, but I guess we can on the ne- with the next drink, yeah yeah. Um, well,
0: well, I mean yeah. yeah but if we're going to go talk now in a moment about the pot still whiskey, so mm-hmm. it, what I would say to people is, you know, malt whiskey is when we when it's 100 percent malted barley and it's from a single distillery, so it's single malt, um, and it's if it's not 100 percent malted barley, we can't call it a malt whiskey. So we go to pot-still whiskey. It's we're using a variation of 50-50 malted and unmalted, mm-hmm. so raw barley, or sometimes 60-40 or 40-60, mm-hmm. depending. And that's pot-still whiskey. Mm-hmm. And then somebody says to me, well, why did why pot-still whiskey in the first place? Well, actually, there's a story about that, and the reason is that the tax laws of the late 1700s, 1775, I believe was the year, uh, there was a tax law introduced called the malt tax. And so the guys in Ireland realized that if they used less malt... They'd pay less taxes. And we weren't famous for wanting to pay taxes <laughs> <laughs> to the English king, yeah. in fairness. Mm-hmm. And so, because, you know, I was talking about the English that came to Ireland. You know that? Yep. They weren't invited. Yep. But, <laughs> but they came anyway. And so, therefore, we found ourselves paying taxes that we weren't f- happy about. Now, by the way, I'm old, but I w- even I wasn't around the <laughs> 70s, <laughs> 70s. But So then the development of the pot still whiskey concept was uh, based on paying l- uh, using less malt, paying less tax, and then it became sort of the quintessential Irish style of whiskey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. whiskey yeah. Yeah.
3: And they did the, the same thing, I, I, uh, they Scotland, Scottish history the same thing, they, they also
0: did the kind of malted unmalted malted at that era, but uh, but they, they kind of went back to... They, they just drifted back to, yeah. to the single malt, and then uh, the other thing that happened, of course, is grain whiskey. Yeah. Oh, we didn't even talk about grain whiskey. No. I don't know if your visitors or your no, no. listeners know. No, you should. You should so yeah. grain yeah. whiskey yeah. is was an invention of an Irishman, actually. We claim we invented everything. (laughs) Wow! Wow! Including the submarine. Anyway, so the submarine. (laughs) Don't go there. Anyway, (laughs) so but the the idea of continuous distillation was something that a guy called Coffee invented. Mm -hmm. You've heard of him? Yeah. Coffee still. still. Now sometimes we talk about his first name and sometimes we don't because his first name is Anus.
2: Ah. ah, that's why. Even in
0: Irish, with an Irish accent does not sound... <laughs> no. no, it doesn't sound right. Sure, doesn't. No, no I suppose it would be... Uh, no, you're not good at pronunciation, Mark. But, no. Uh, so I can say is probably Anais would be correct. Okay. There's no ah. fun in that, so we just call him anus. Anyway, <laughs> anus coffee. Uh, will this be edited? Um, <laughs> not so that part. An- no, that's hilarious. Coffey actually was a... Uh, he was actually a tax man, a, a customs and excise official. And he was based in Donegal, which is in the northwest of Ireland. And um, his, his role really was to uh, seek out the and find the illegal distilleries. You know, there's a, I, I don't want to sing, but there's a song, uh, an Irish uh, ballad, and it goes like this. Oh, God, I'm going to sing. You're no, going to sing. You're awesome. going <laughs> <It's Sonia. laughs> sorry i do this. Okay. So it goes like, gather up the pots and the old tin cans, the mash, the corn, the barley, and the bran. Run like the devil from the excise man to the hills of Connemara. Okay, that so now you know I don't sing, but that that song was to epitomise exactly what the Irish distilling industry was going through. A lot of the distilleries were mobile, yeah. and when the when the authorities were on their way, they were, they picked them up, they gathered them up, and they ran to the hills of Connemara, whatever. So ah, this is where
3: the Bush administration got that mobile. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Thing when mm. they wanted to invade Iraq, gotcha. <laughs> mobile.
0: Um, <and laughs> you're, you're right. Uh, I'm Irish not discussing it. American politics. Yeah, <laughs>
3: <laughs> you're right. They, you, the Irish did everything. Yeah. They, so,
0: <laughs> so, so that point was that the to 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 move or to have mobile distilleries meant that they needed gougers, they call them or gaugers. And these are the guys who went around and found the the distilleries that were illegal, reported them to the police, and the police then came took the equipment away or charged or fined them or both, mm-hmm. and Ana's Coffee was one of those guys yeah and then he gave it up because he actually was stabbed he got beaten up by a few people you can imagine he wasn't that popular in the local town no no. No, (laughs) no. so he was beaten up and he got stabbed (laughs) the records say he was stabbed in the leg I don't know why anyone would stab him in the leg but he was so maybe to stop him running I don't know Mm. so anyway he gave it up and took on this idea that there was a guy called Steen a Scotsman who had this continuous distillation idea and he took Steen's idea and commercialized it made it work and it's forever known as the coffee still. You'd that's have known correct. it as the coffee still, and yep. that's, where, that's where it came from. And he brought it to the Distillers of Ireland. This, I am going on too long. I, here, I know this I is... I'm, I'm fascinated. I'm so fascinated. I have, sometimes I talk too much. So he, he brought the idea to the Distillers of Ireland, and they said, that doesn't taste like whiskey the way we know it. We don't want it. You're grand. Thanks very much. He brought it to the Distillers of Scotland, and as I often say, the Scots said, is it cheaper to make? We'll have it. Thanks very much. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then the Scots embraced <laughs> continuous distillation. They embraced the idea of grain whiskey, and they blended it with the whiskeys, the Highland malts that were much heavier, and witnessed the development of blended scotch. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the Irish didn't embrace blending until the late 1940s, in fact. Wow. wow. And in fact, as I'm on the subject, the first blended whiskey of the ones that you know today mm-hmm. that have survived, if you like, the first of those was Tullamore Dew. It, it was Desmond Williams, who was a grandson of Daniel Williams, you know. D.E.W., by the way, is Daniel Edmund Williams, okay? Although it means the, the romantic word, if you want. But the D.E.W. is Daniel Edmund Williams. Uh, he was the man who inspired the whole business. And his grandson, Desmond, brought the first continuous still into Ireland. The oh, first coffee still. Oh, there were, there were some there in the 1920s, actually. But of the distilleries and businesses that survived, right. it's the first one.
3: The State of Logic podcast is like no other. We don't have the same focus as so many other podcasts where we're just me talking about business or politics or whatever. We talk about everything with everyone, intellectuals, comedians, and celebrities alike.
0: Sometimes it's a 20-minute interview. Sometimes it's a three-hour interview. But at the end of the day, it's a great conversation that we often laugh about and learn something from at the same time. Come check us out at the State of
3: Logic podcast. This is is a complex story. So the guy taxing the people... Had all access to all this like confiscated equipment, found kind of the cheapest one, got stabbed and was like, screw this. I'm going to invent <laughs> something that yeah. I stole from somebody else. And by the way, you guys don't want to find, I'm going to go to Scotland, the enemy. I guess they were the enemy. Yeah, they and they and he developed and quite a successful business. And, it's and, it's it. his own and now he's named after, and now named after this. And, after this, yeah, after this yeah. Yeah. and everybody
0: talks about the coffee still, but yes. not, not too many people actually know about anus. Anus. anus coffee
3: I see that's why we say anus coffee yeah all right this all makes sense I that's a complete story right there I uh, I can't I can't and
0: and without being rude I I never knew the man but the Irish thought he was a bit of an asshole Ah. that's That's right you guys invented the term (laughs)
3: asshole too I don't know maybe the Irish invented that term oh my god sorry (laughs) there's going so many levels that was too obvious it was great so now that's exactly my kind of joke that's my kind of joke I just have to say sherry butts and and you've got James oh
1: jeez. (laughs) <laughs>
3: did had see we, had we
2: did have the Master of Wood from McAllen on and I did very well during that We kept the not giggle, giggle once yeah. Yes. Yeah, it was fantastic
0: so the third whiskey then we're talking about the pot still whiskey uh, having had the sweetness of the grain and if you like the fruitiness of the malt as you, as you picked out so this is the pot still and just different just very oh, different oh very different yeah. and uh, I remember talking to a guy a man Barry Crockett a very famous distiller in Middleton and said to him, Barry, why do, why do we get spiciness from Pots to the Whiskey in the way that we get malt from... What gives us spiciness? And he says, there's a technical term, uh, there's a technical reason why. And I said, what is that? He said, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we just don't know, but in fact, we just get spicy whiskey from it.
2: It's beautiful.
0: That's really nice. The, 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 like the, the nuttiness is very fresh. The
3: sp- zestiness is very fresh it's um, mm-hmm. I, I actually I really like the, the malt and then I had this pot still and I'm like liking this even much yeah, more, so yeah. much yeah. more like yeah. i will back to this I'm like yeah this is very nice but now this this is it's really nice yeah, like no. I
0: said, it's, and, and there's there's no right or wrong whiskey obviously yep. but this has its own characteristic it's not, and even on the mouthfeel of this it's, a, it's slightly more creamy on the mouthfeel yep. and, uh, and that's why you know Irish people love pot still whiskey yeah. and they're right
2: yes and definitely
0: and I appreciate
3: you bringing the barrel sample because I think this is probably the first time I've had something like this because it Definitely get the kind of green like the, the, the broken that branch. Broken branch, branch. that whenever you I have those, like that pot still whiskey, I think of so like there.
2: just like shaving off the top of a, a branch and that green stuff underneath, like oh, that really? kind yeah. of freshness okay. to it. Yeah. Yeah. So and it's there for sure. It's funny when, when it says spicy, I, I generally think of that sort of rye spiciness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. this is very different. It sort it's of dances different. on the tongue yeah. a little differently yeah. than that. Slightly that peppery spiciness. it, it yeah. absolutely slightly peppery,
0: yeah, yeah. Which I like. Which I like. It's and beautiful. And, and then, so then, what we've done here is we've tasted some grain whiskies, some malt whiskies, and some pot still whiskies. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and then if we we have an empty glass, we do. And we call that's it a shame. We call it Tullamore the, Dew Unique Blend in the empty <laughs> glass because because I think the the nice thing to be able to do then is to say, okay, I'm going to create the Jamie Johnson blend of Ooh. Irish whiskey. Wow. And so that's what I encourage people to do. Then say, okay. Take some of whatever whiskeys, take some of each, Mm -hmm. and decide I'd really like it to be a bit sweeter. So you're going to use more grain. I'd like it to be more fruity. You'll use more malt. I'd like it to be more spicy. You're going to use pot still. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to create a little blend here. All (laughs) right. I think we're going to need those bottles. This is not the first time I've done this, by Uh. (laughs) (laughs) the way. And it's just a bit of fun. And that's what I say to all the guys. It's supposed to be fun. Just create your own blend. And then when you've done that, we compare it with the Tullamore Dew blend, okay? Oh, and then nice. we were able to see what's the difference. And um, hmm. as I've often said to people, I if like your blend spice. is really good, Jamie, yes, we're going to stop selling Tullamore Dew. We're going to launch the Jamie Johnson oh, blend of famous. Irish whiskey. That's the only lie I'll tell you today.
2: So famous, you guys. So I put mostly the pot still whiskey. Okay. I just want a hint of sweetness. Okay. And then I'm gonna put a little bit more of. Okay. I'm just doing this blind. So there, who knows? So maybe then, I'm a genius. So then what
0: you're gonna have is you're gonna have a, quite a spicy whiskey. Mm-hmm.
3: Yes.
2: Okay. So fine. Exactly.
0: That's good for you. Good Ooh, for you. I like what I did. I think it's very
3: similar to mostly spicy. Yes. Yeah. 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 Not a we have too, a really. very similar yeah.
2: palates, so <laughs> we, we tend to towards the same whiskey so I'm not surprised at that.
0: And because I've added water to mine, I've taken them down from the cask strength of so 70 percent, and I've brought it down to about forty. So then Kay. I can compare yep. mm-hmm. with the Tullamore Then and that's that's what I will always mm-hmm. do with the teams. Then uh, that I'm talking to the bartenders. I explain. Okay, let's compare your blend with the Tullamore blend, and mm-hmm. let's see if we're finding a difference and why that might be. Yeah, yeah.
2: That's wonderful. Yeah, I did a great job. I'm, I'm I think I'm going to give myself an A plus on that one. I th- I, I <laughs> I might be a master blender. Who knows?
3: <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who
2: knows what the next step in my career is going to be? But I think right. it's going to be master blender. Yeah, I think so. It only I takes think.
1: eight years. That's all
0: it takes. <laughs> That's all. Lucky <laughs> for you, you have time in your hands <laughs> <I've> <laughs> got and a your time on your side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something I don't have. <laughs> so uh, oh, so then yeah great. so then I I'll, I'll get people to maybe we we'll compare them. Yeah. Your blend with the Tom would you blend and see what I right. think is the difference. Yeah.
3: There are children.
2: And we're not even at your place, Mark. I know,
3: right?
0: <laughs> we'll wait until they pass. I like pass. children. I wouldn't eat a whole one, but I like children. I shouldn't say that. That's what I, say. I but mean, say. But it's some you say. I have four. That was fantastic. Be four the children clips are going be fantastic. And I have a grandchild, so I love children. But um, I don't encourage them to be around whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> So the difference between mm. the blend that you have created and mm-hmm. the Tommuju blend, the one difference will be, apart from the obvious difference of uh, oh. you know whatever proportions, mm-hmm. yeah. the one difference is within the Tommuju blend is we also have some of our pot still whiskey maturing in sherry casks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. so this is a bourbon cask matured uh, pot still that we have mm-hmm. here. We also got some sherry cask, and yeah. then that will create a difference. Between what you've had, let's say, and wh- 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 what what you've told me, you? and that's unusual actually, mm-hmm. not in Ireland, but is unusual to have a blended whiskey where sherry casks yeah can that's use good in point yep. yeah absolutely that's in Scotland and other places sherry casks were really only be used for the single malts yeah, yeah. Um, either for for maturing or, fi- or finishing up or mm-hmm. um and in our, our in our blend and other Irish whiskey blends we would use some sherry cask in the in the Development of them gives it that nice whiskey.
2: little extra character, just a little, a little, little bit of, extra, it gives yeah, a little, bit little, of roundness, and, uh, little yeah, 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 absolutely, hmm. and those lovely baking spices.
0: Yeah. Sometimes talk about the, um, the, the marzipan kind of a t- touch mm-hmm. to the end of it and that's mm-hmm. sort of coming through from the sherry cask it tends to give us that I, I like Obviously the spiciness and
3: that that still comes through the citrusiness really kind of no, crushes down absolutely, really so yeah. Yeah. And,
0: and mm-hmm. like so if I wasn't doing a deconstruction and people ask me about I told them what you would say uh, it's quite a sweet whiskey and a lot of the Irish whiskeys are kind of sweet in, the, in, in their flavour notes um, and it's also a fruity whiskey but it's also got a little bit of spice and so that's without them ever getting the chance to taste the three yeah. mm-hmm. but I can validate it when I'm doing this because people can taste, mm-hmm. the oh, there's the sweetness, it's coming from the grain, there's the fruit, it's obviously fruity coming from the malt, and yeah. there's the spiciness mm-hmm. from the pot mm-hmm. still. And when you put them all three together, it explains the taste profile. Mm-hmm. In, you know, because we're actually getting to the very basics of the whiskey making and the blending yeah, that we're doing. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: No, and this is great, because I think some some people, I think, Think that Irish whiskey, because single malts and Scotch have been so big, yeah. and it, it, they sort of assume that Irish whiskey is, you know, the Irish version of a Scotch. But yeah. doing this sort of breakdown, there's there's some like yeah. super fundamental differences well, and, between and production. Absolutely, and, yeah. uh,
0: and in Scotland, you're not going to have a blend that has pot still whiskey in it. Right. You know, even some of the Irish blends don't have pot still whiskey. Right. In it, right. okay? Right. Right. Um, and some of the Irish blends don't have malt whiskey. In it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that's one of the things I'm most of. proud of that sounds awful <laughs> but um, that's one thing I like about uh, talking about is that of the three styles of whiskey made in Ireland mm-hmm. uh, Tullamore has all three styles in it Right, you know, right. not all of the whiskeys are mm-hmm. triple blends in fact th- th- in fact, to be fair Tullamore is the only whiskey in the world that is a triple distilled version of all three styles of Irish whiskey mm-hmm. using three different cask styles ex bourbon mm-hmm. uh, re- refill Irish mm-hmm. and ex sherry mm-hmm. So, there's no other whiskey in the world that does that yep. does it make it the best whiskey in the world we would never say that of course it does, <laughs> but no, we never. No, no whiskey claims to be the whiskey, no. but it just makes it a little bit complex, a bit interesting from that point of view, yeah. and that's what I love talking about. It. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, in yeah. case yeah. you hadn't noticed. No, I so you know, and, and
3: let's let's go uh, once the back. Just uh, so we we didn't define pot still. I mean, you did. We did kind of, but um, that was a recent definition uh, in the last several years. Before it was more still don't necessarily have a legal definition is that right, yeah, I, I, that think
0: right? I think I think back in the 1980 there was a there was an Irish whiskey act in 1980 and that w- that gave some semblance of definition to it um, there's a there's a bit of focus uh, on uh, particularly with the development of new distilleries there's a bit of focus in terms of trying to get definitions very clearly made and Mm -hmm. now there is um uh, an irish whiskey technical file what we call a technical file which we've developed as as an irish whiskey association and we developed it in order that uh, within within europe and in other countries we could get a gi a geographical indication Mm -hmm. so therefore if you want to be called an irish whiskey you have to it has to be within the following definition so and that that it's it's quite a quite a few pages of <laughs> definition. So I'm, I'm gonna not going to lawyers get involved. I promise PDF I'm not going to go through it all. Circulating, but yep. I mean, to be an Irish whiskey, you've got to be distilled and matured on the island of Ireland. That's the first thing. And then if you're getting into different types of whiskeys, the, blend, the sort of blended Irish whiskey is defined, um, Irish, Irish single grain, our single malt, and our single pot still, they're all defined in the way that they're trying. But there is some latitude, for example, in terms of pot still whiskey. Is it 50-50? Is it 40-60, 60-40? Mm-hmm. So there's latitude there as long as the mash bill is a combination of raw barley and malted barley. Mm. And, and I guess that's essentially the difference, really.
3: Mm. And I guess the question ask: why why use malted and malted barley? What's the... What, what yeah, so
0: I, it, it goes back to a tradition, obviously, it's the tradition. traditional yeah. time. Um, it became, especially among the Dublin distillers... It became the quintessential whiskey from the Dublin distilleries. So John Powers was the biggest distillery in Dublin at one time. Well, actually, not to be fair, that's not true. There were huge. Uh, William Jemison had a distillery. George Rowe had a distillery. John Power had a distillery. John Jemison had a distillery. They were all big Dublin distilleries, and they made pot still whiskey. And pot still, if you think about it, those distilleries, were all built in the late 1700s, early 1800s, just after the malt tax, let's say. Also, those distilleries were all built in a part of Dublin, which is known as the Liberties, whatever, the Liberties area, and that was very close to Dublin Castle, which housed the Customs and Excise Authorities people. <laughs> <laughs> so they weren't inclined to make single malts on which they had to pay uh, full, full uh, tax, yeah. so they, they made pot still. And uh-huh. Now, in the rural distillers, a lot of them would have made single malt and single pot still, and they might have claimed it was all pot still. Right. So they paid slightly less tax, but they could sort of get away with it
3: because they were further away from the authorities. And and I mean, uh, un, uh, unmalted barley, takes longer to ferment. I believe is that c- is that correct? Like yeah. It's so it's, a well, it, it, it's
0: it's it's a little bit more difficult to work with. Yeah. And, and uh-huh. So first of all, um, it's a harder grain mm-hmm. than the malted barley. So it takes a in the milling, uh, it's a little bit more difficult. And uh, but in our case, the fermentation is going to take. 72 hours which is three days which is a little bit longer than mm-hmm. many yeah. Yeah. yeah we often talk about the power of three you know triple distill, triple blend triple cast matured brilliant mm-hmm. and then I say and three days mm-hmm. to three ferment days you know <laughs> ferment. So mm-hmm.
3: and then we, we, you can't stress the, the how important that fermentation process is uh, for for the
0: whiskey that you make you, and you and cannot overstress yeah. you're absolutely right because you get a huge amount of the flavors and the esters that we talk about coming through from the fermentation process and, and you have to be careful with fermentation that it's when it's that you don't leave it too long and doesn't uh, you know doesn't sour etc yeah. etc you have to be very careful with that and it's it's a it's a pretty exact science for the guys at the distillery yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Mm. I mean,
3: also it's uh, it's really great to have uh, cast strength uh, whiskey here because I, I think um, not all distilleries make great cast strength whiskey, but they'll mature the bad stuff out of it and and finish it and everything else. So like to come in and bring you know I think it's it's a yeah. very confident. I always yeah. say yeah. that if if Delvin does the same thing, if you if you bottle or you bring a single barrel product, if you uh, bring samples of the cast strength, it's usually a good sign of confidence.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. no, we're yeah, yeah we're very confident in it. I mean these are these are not that old. These are 2013, so they're five years old each mm-hmm. of these. And not that long, or four, yeah, five. Coming yeah, there's up five nowhere to old. hide. Yeah, there's yeah, you no, you have nowhere no, to right. hide with these. You, that's you, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And, like and, not and you know, luckily, yep. luckily, I have access to this kind of stuff, yeah. right? <laughs> um, but I, I particular, I never do this with consumers, mm-hmm. in right. the sense that I, 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 I'm, I'm reluctant to call them ordinary people. But people on the street are, not, you know, it's too geeky. It's too far for them. But yeah. people who are interested in whiskey, it's mm-hmm. very interesting, and particularly people whose business is whiskey mm-hmm. like sales teams or bartenders or mm-hmm. uh, owners of restaurants whatever mm-hmm. if if they're if if whiskey is their livelihood mm-hmm. then the more they get information they get the better they are and mm-hmm. these days right you will know this everybody is interested in the provenance on and, and how things are made yes. where it's from what makes it different etc so it's very important to be able to do this yeah. Yeah. absolutely yeah i, I
3: agree I, I think you know i mean we see this in, with the bourbon craze mm-hmm. people are asking mash bills barrels where where yeah. that barrel's been in the warehouse uh, how long this like the, the amount of questions people ask at this point is so um, you know and certainly companies like like Jim Beam and this and that bring a lot of great samples
0: and barrel single barrel products so i think having this this is going to be you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well it's it's what I, I suppose it's what I do in one sense. You know, yeah. it's d- people say, What do you do for a living? I talk <laughs> and I drink whiskey. <laughs> and but uh, it's it's educational. It's I'm an advocate obviously, but I'm e edu- i am have to be an educator. Um and luckily uh people these days want to be educated. Which yeah. is Absolutely. great. Yeah, you know yeah. that. You yep. know that from your own podcast. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. They, yeah, they want to know. they
2: want to know where it comes from. They want to know how it's made. They want to know everything. They yeah. ask you what kind of yeast you're
3: using. Yeah, that's a good point. When yeah. we started this three years ago, I'm like, are we talking too much about whiskey? Yeah. Too geeky about <laughs> too it? Geeky, and then but no, 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 people
0: just that—that's yeah. it. That's what people want to hear. It's absolutely. just uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The other thing that people say and ask me say, well, so what is Tullamore? Why does it get its name? And I say, well, you know, it's the town in Ireland between Dublin and Galway. If you ever go Dublin's on the east coast, Galway's in the west. It's right in the heart of Ireland. No. The emotional heart of Ireland. Of course, I'm going to say that. That's the marketing budget, but <laughs> it's uh, but it, it's right in the centre of Ireland. And and the other thing that I often say to people is Tullamore is an, an anglicised version of an old Irish name, because Tullamore used to be on More, and on is the Irish language for the big hill. So you know, towns would have set people, townspeople, to settle on rivers or coastland, or you know, coastal areas or hills, as in the case of Tullamore. So the land of the big hill, and it used to be known as Antullochmoor, but when we learned the English language after they came over, um, which thanks be to God they <laughs> did, um, <laughs> it became, Antullochmoor became Tullamore. And like Dovling became Dublin. Yeah. Dovling mm-hmm. actually translates into Blackpool. <laughs> so that's amazing, you know what I mean? Because um. when, they, when the people arrived, this was a dirty river that they regarded as a Blackpool, it became known as Dovling. And that became Anglicised into Dublin. So all the Irish place names were once, in the Irish language, h- had a different name and meaning, yeah. and they just became anglicized. Ishgaba, what did that become? Anglicized. to? Whiskey. Correct. So, oh my God, we gave them everything. <laughs> that's it. This is everything. That's it. <laughs> there's nothing that's else it, there's to learn. There's nothing else um, to give. There, there we not. go. No, there's, there's a really good thing. about scotch whiskey. Can we talk about scotch whiskey? Uh, uh, yeah, yes, okay. of course that's, we can. So there's a, I don't know if you've ever come across Charles McLean. Charles, Charlie I, I,
2: I actually had, um, I went to his house and did a big tasting with you him. You did. did. What a great and guy. What a great man. Yes.
0: Charlie is great. He's nearly my age. He's very old. Uh, but Charlie is a great guy. But he has a wonderful piece on YouTube about the arrival of whiskey into Scotland from Ireland. Um, and he talks about Fergus McVeigh or Fergus Beaton, who is a medicinal man from Ireland, who brought distilling to the island of Islay. And there's a cross <laughs> in the island of Islay um, in Kilcoman, actually, there's a cross giving him credit for having been the man who brought whiskey. It's, it's obviously where he's cool. buried. Wow. But wow. And Charlie McLean, Thanks. who is one of the great Scotch whiskey historians, mm-hmm. absolutely. And he, he will say that. So when people say, come on, you didn't invent whiskey, the Scots invented I say, well, I'll ask Charlie McLean then.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, I don't think anybody knows who invented whiskey <laughs> in the sense that Ishqaba had the water of life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who knows? But we're taking the credit. Um,
2: I say go for it.
0: Should we ask the question? What's the oldest distillery in Ooh, the world? Oh, what is the, the oldest distillery? So in the I, world? I can tell you um, that the oldest distillery in the world, uh, according to my daughter, mm-hmm. uh, is the Kilbegan Distillery, she says. Ah, oh, interesting. This is a controversial topic. This is a
2: very controversial because why? we've heard um, Bushmills um, the, as but the I can, oldest distillery. But I can tell you why. Yeah. yeah.
0: I can tell you why. Bushmills in 1608 was given, the, the area around there was given a license to distill. But unfortunately, the distillery wasn't built until <laughs> late 1700s. There you go. Yeah. I know things. This yeah. is amazing. Um, this will yeah. make sense if you listen to the previous podcast yeah. okay. a little bit more. <laughs> oh, okay. Than, uh... okay. <laughs> and did somebody else say Kilbegan, or am I the only one? No, no, no one we had no idea. No, no. No. You no. were the first to say. You okay. The first to okay. So, so I think Kilbegan was 1757. I think. No, oh, God forgive me if I don't know this. because I'll, I'll be killed <laughs> at home. But oh. I think so. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm so talking so about my competitors' whiskeys, I'm right. very <laughs> happy to. It's of yeah. course. No, when That's you're what what old, you're supposed all to time. know stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. Wow.
2: <laughs> well, you also brought something else with you that yeah. we're pretty excited to, uh, to yeah. try, something new. Tell <clears throat> us yeah. a little so bit we, about we've it. We've
0: just launched uh, a new variant of Tullamore Dew. It's called Tullamore Dew XO. And it's essentially the Tullamore Dew blend that we've already just tasted. And for a little over three months, we have finished it in casks that previously held a rum from Guyana. Mm. Yeah, Amazing. it's from the Demerara distillery uh, in Guyana. It's and nice it that some distillers
3: pro- reveal where their uh, rum yeah, comes from, so Jamie.
0: That is Janie.
2: a total dig at me in the Belveni right now. Oh, is it? Okay. because <laughs> yes. well, Belveni is, <laughs> is so big. They, they probably,
3: they're like, we get it from everywhere. Come on,
0: guys. You know that. what? I'm just thinking, was I supposed to tell you that? <laughs> <laughs> okay let's keep it pre-nostri. notes three all right so uh, the Demerara distillery makes a we did tell John Demmerer we don't rum. edit this podcast at all right there's yeah. no <laughs> editing whatsoever <laughs> <laughs> and and um, when rum has been aged in, in in Guyana it's known in many places known as XO rum so this is why it's called 2 oh. XO so and let's have a taste of it because mm-hmm. my father used to say could we have less of the lark and more of the swallow and what he really meant was would stop talking stop and, talking and drink. start drinking uh, Oh, that's right. and this is mine
2: here. Well, so I'll tell you something. Rum cask finishes oh, are some of the, my favorites. Oh, that's the I've been oh, yeah. you
3: drinking. You've been, been drinking it already.
2: Well, Mark <laughs> just worked his way ahead. Well done, Mark.
3: <laughs> I thought that was the extra pre-drinking pour. I didn't realize the post-drinking pour. <laughs> I, that, that wasn't... The uh,
2: pre-drinking pour.
0: That's that was nice. just like a, an appetizer. Or
2: yeah, sometimes
3: yeah. it takes 20 minutes for the first drinks. Well, I I'm... I, vi- <laughs>
2: Well, so Jamie, you're always you a, very good about since that. Since you had a preview, mm. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it. Well, so I'm, I'm a huge fan of rum cask finish. If anyone knows the story of me sort of getting into single malts, and I don't even tell this because I work for the Balvenie now. Yeah. It's a true story that Mark suggested the Balvenie Caribbean cask to me
3: as a bourbon drinker. As a bourbon yeah. drinker to yeah.
2: transition me into single malt. All right. And I fell in love with it, and it, to this day, remains my favorite. Um, that's as much as I'm going to talk about the any now, but I love a good... The Balveni, uh, that's the 14-year-old,
0: is it? The 14? 14, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, it's, it's a it beautiful a, dream. It is beautiful. It, it is. is, and absolutely.
2: so I'm always excited to try. I'm, I'm a fan of the, the 21 Glomphitic, which is also um, a rum cask finish, and, uh, and this as well. I,
3: I always say that just to complete that story. And you introduced me to Wild Turkey Rare Breed. So there like that was, that was great. That so, was beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful moment. You know. yeah.
0: So this is 43% alcohol, first of all. That's no big deal. Um, and it's just got a lovely... Sm- I, actually, the mouthfeel of it is really interesting because it's very creamy in comparison to the original. And it's, it's it got a, it's Okay, the sweetness is added to somewhat because the yeah. rum is going to do that to you. soon mm-hmm. sweetness that added to. But I think it just... um, And and if you like, even compared to the original, you can see how it's changed it. But not dramatically. No. No. It's a lovely, sweet... Smooth, mm-hmm. uh, and I, everyb- I hate when people say smooth, don't you? Because everybody yes. whiskey it's the smooth.
2: Wh- we, we avoid mm-hmm. the word, no, like
0: exactly. Alike. But yeah. I, I sort of meant on the mouth, on the mouthfeel, mm-hmm. it's yeah, that silky. butteriness, as we're saying, the creaminess. exactly. exactly. Yeah. yeah, and it's got a lovely roundedness to it, which mm-hmm. I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's fruity as well, there's a little bit of the tropical fruit yep. notes that come through in that, yeah, and that's the, again the XO, the, the rum is helping that. Yeah, I
3: agree. It's like It's th- it's so st- The rum is so... St- I mean, I don't know if I can even taste rum per se. No, it's just, no. It's just like you said, the creaminess, the kind of different mouthfeel no, that you get on this is And, uh, and, is and right I think
0: on. it's one of the things... Uh, I hope this doesn't insult anybody, but it's one of the things I'm always concerned about is that I do hear people talking about a uh, red wine cask. I can taste the red wine mm-hmm. or even a sherry cask and taste the sherry. And we've done some experiments in, in, the, uh, in the laboratory and found out that in order to taste the actual sherry you're going to have to put about 25% of the liquid Is has to be sherry. Right. So you're not going to taste the sherry, yeah. but you're tasting the influence of yeah. the sherry butts. Like the dryness, or, you know, or here the Here you're cinnamon. tasting the influence, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. yeah. right, the, the dried fruits, exactly. So here you're tasting the influence of the rum rather than the actual rum. Yes. You know, which, yeah. Yeah. Is, which, which
2: is nice. uh, how it's supposed to be. Right? You yeah. don't want it to overwhelm or overtake the spirit itself. The spirit should be, that. you know, that's your, that's your stock.
0: Absolutely right, Jamie. I yeah. frequently say to people, uh, if you leave it for too long, and you change the DNA of the whiskey, then it's no longer or Jew. You, you mm-hmm. or the Balvenie or whatever mm-hmm. whiskey you happen mm-hmm. to be tasting. It's no longer, you're, you've got to keep the DNA. You've got to yeah. be recognizable and mm-hmm. yet interesting. It's mm-hmm. got to have, I mean, obviously the rum cask has had an influence mm-hmm. and it's changed. It. As I yep. say, it's changed the mouthfeel and it's given it a nice fruitiness. I, I mean, it, mm-hmm. I would even say towards tropical fruit. <laughs> you know, yeah,
2: absolutely. There's, there's that little sort of demerara on the back end, like that little sort of sugary, yeah. like something at the top of like a creme brulee, like that sort of just at the very, very back end there. Yes. That, that's sort of like a creamy, but a, a yeah. nice little um, sugary finish. But without being um, like, without being sort of like cloyingly well, it's sweet, cloying it's, yeah. V- yeah. It's, no. just, it's very bright. But it is. It, it is, bets, yeah. Yeah. And it's like... Yeah
0: slightly cooked sugar and yes. you know that yep. at yep. the b- on the back of it yep. which is which is really nice yeah
2: really really nice yeah
0: it is
3: very subtle i mean some of the the, the dry oak elements I was getting was actually from the original talmerdo uh, like that that
0: like you said the slight sherry influences yeah. um yeah yeah that's and this nice. is uh, just being launched actually in quarter one as we say in the business <laughs> <It laughs> Q1 hello yeah, in. so January February March <laughs> is the time where we started shipping it to markets and uh, that's it's great. coming into the US and Canada before mm. St. Patrick's Day oh that's great did
3: we mention the Patrick's wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> so this will be at the LCBO I assume yeah, yes be. it will be at the LCBO yeah. and uh, what's the price point on this
0: kind of market so the market the price point I believe is somewhere around $45.95 oh, great. Uh, somewhere, great. somewhere great. around 45 yep, I understand and that's the exact price point Yeah, <laughs> but it was forty five ninety six. then I could say it was wrong I was nearly right <laughs> <laughs> no this is wow this that's a, yeah. that price yeah, yeah. point yeah. It's, uh, no it's, it's very, very affordable it really, yeah. and it's, it's not overly expensive it's obviously more expensive than the original but again it's within it's, it's an affordable oh, and absolutely. a very Drinkable whiskey, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be laying it down for years. You yeah, know? <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I think that's like ultimately at the end of the day, what you want is a beautiful sort of like drinkable, not too overwhelming. Like if you're you know out for St. Patrick's Day or if you're out for a pint or whatever, this is a great little sort of dram just to have on hand and and you can Absolutely. just enjoy it and not yeah. think about it too much and just yeah. be like, oh, that's lovely, and no, then right. do your yeah. thing.
0: Yeah, and you'd said out for a pint, which is interesting because we have this thing that we do now. Um, called Dew and a Brew. No, it's really handy because Jew a Brew it rhymes. It rhymes yeah. so well. Yeah, <laughs> it's like we invented beer for this. <laughs> but uh, so the Jew and a Brew program that we talk about is is a, a, you know the very thing of matching beers and whiskeys together. And so, why would you do that? Like, why in the name of God would you have a beer and a whiskey together? Well, that, in fact, my dad when I was growing up and I went out. Playing golf with my dad, or whatever. I- if he was afterwards, he would have a b- He would never have a whiskey on its own. Mm-hmm. He'd never have a, a bottle again. He used to drink a bottle again. He'd never have it on its own. He always had the two together. I never understood it. I thought he was a bit crazy, to be honest, for many reasons. Um, and it turned out he was right in many for many reasons, mm-hmm. uh, and in many things in life. And so I like to have a a and mm-hmm. t- a Juneau brew myself at the stage of a, a beer and a whiskey. But the other reason is that if you think about it. The raw materials that are used in terms of making, like we make whiskey, we're making mm-hmm. beer. We're, mm-hmm. we're having uh, a mash of, of barley and water and we're fermenting it. Okay, we're not adding hops. So mm-hmm. we're taking, w- but even in the, the distilleries, we'll have the brewery area of the distillery or the brew house, you know? So it's, a and therefore matching in terms of malt cousins? Yeah. yeah. A, be- a better one than that. Barley Brothers. Oh, oh boy! Wow. Literally. I like that Marketing one. Marketing must have picked that one up oh right <laughs> away. <God>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? And and, and then, I've, you should stop me talking here, but then there's the story of the Boilermaker, which not everybody knows. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when the, when the Irish uh, guys left Ireland for there's no work and they went to the States to get, to get work until, you know, back in the twenties, thirties, forties, et cetera. Um, when they would work on things like the railways or, in some cases, uh, wearing Boilermaker sh- uh, suits because they were actually making boilers or whatever, so they wore these suits that became known as Boilermaker suits. And the b- when they would go to the bars and order a, a whiskey and a beer together, so the uh, locals would say, I'll have what the Boilermaker is having. Uh-huh. And that's how it became known, oh, as a Boilermaker. Oh, Yeah, see? yeah so I, I sometimes think everybody knows these things. But I, I decided to tell I you because know, yeah, because yeah, of people of often say, you well, uh, where did it get?" And that's how it got its name. Yeah. So again, the Irish inventor the Boilermaker. Oh yeah. boy! Another invention. Well, oh, boy. Well, between that and
3: math, no, that was. That was <laughs> nice. uh, that's amazing. That's really cool. That the um, so, yeah. yeah, and so so beer. So would you uh, do, do? You have a couple of quick pairing notes with these because uh? I, I would yeah, say like uh, I would say the the, the, um, the XO would be uh, like. Um, uh,
0: mm, like a sour beer. I'm going to go sour. Yeah. Beer. Really? No. And do you know why Mark might be right for the first time might in his be. life? What? <laughs> what? No, do you know why he might be right? I <laughs> I, would very argue with, I would I would argue I would with very that, excited but I want to hear. So th- so the reason I think I would think you're probably right is that w- the balance of a sour beer against quite a sweet mm. whiskey mm-hmm. actually works really well. Mm-hmm. So some people ask me about that and when you're when you're matching your Tullamore juice with beers, how do you decide? Mm-hmm. I said, well, if my original I'm going to pick something like a pilsner or a lager, lager. or something mm-hmm. because there's no th- One is not competing with the other. The two of them are very approachable beers. It's not overly bitter, Mm. the beer. And the whiskey is not overly sweet. But they balance nicely. And there's no winner here. There's no one that's killing off the Mm -hmm. other. Uh, Whereas if I'm going for a single malt, I might actually go for an IPA. Okay? So an IPA with a single malt, because you're going to have fruit, and you're going to have fruit. Again, nothing is trying to kill off the other. And here, Mm. I like Mark's idea of a sour beer. Because I actually don't drink sour beer myself. But a sour beer balancing against that sweet whiskey I think would be good. Again, no winner. That's the first for We should test it one day. <laughs> we yeah. should. Yeah. Well, we, we, have a, right. we have a Tullamore Dew 12-year-old who just kind of chocolatey notes. Um, I often talk about the chocolatey notes. And, 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 and if ever I was doing a beer balance, it would be with a, 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 s- stout. a stout. Yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah. Got the, again, nob- nobody's winning here, but it's there, they're complimenting each other nicely. Yeah. yeah. Yes.
2: yes.
0: Yeah. Well, well done, Mark. You didn't Whoa. even know, huh? didn't done, even Mark. know how good I know right? you were. Yeah, you. Exactly, caring yeah.
2: master <laughs> over here. My goodness, that, that was a good one. Um,
3: all right, guys. Um, any uh, any last last thoughts before, last we, thoughts uh, before we wrap it up? Wrap it up?
0: No, I mean, okay. I, I suppose if I was to talk about the Irish whiskey industry very quickly. Yeah, actually, that's a great question.
3: Um, so a lot of changes are coming up. Uh, like we mentioned, twenty, thirty distilleries are opening up. Only, yeah. Um, yeah. what do you expect in the future? Yeah,
0: so. Because of the Irish whiskey industry is growing very fast. Uh, A lot of people are getting into it for the first time, Mm -hmm. which is great. I Mm -hmm. mean, obviously, I'm a long time around, but it's great to see new energy coming into the industry, new investment. Um, I suppose the one thing I'd be saying to everybody who's getting into the Irish whiskey industry is this is not short term. This is not a quick buck. You're going to make that spirit you're going to lay it down in dark aromatic warehouses (laughs) for years and the angels are going to steal some of it and at the end you're going to love your passion is going to shine through and you're going to have a lovely whiskey in a bottle and then you've got to get people to drink it and then you have to spend even more money to get it out there and market it for want of a horrible term but you know as i as i often say if you don't get enough people to drink it you won't put your four expensive kids through college, which I had to do. <laughs> so you do need it to, to make money in the end. But you kn- we need, as an industry, we need to be patient. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we need to be patient, of course. But we need to recognize this is a long-term play. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's what I hope all of the guys getting into the business will think long-term, because mm-hmm. that's very important. And yes, thank God, people are drinking more Irish whiskey than ever. And yes. thank God, it's taking its place among the great whiskies of the world. It's still only 9 million cases. Yeah, Scotch whiskey is ninety five million cases. Yeah, Scotland has a hundred and many I made podcast one hundred and seven? Yeah, <laughs> there's a hundred and seven distilleries in Scotland. Congrats, what? you guys! <laughs> well done. We didn't even try. So <laughs> I, I think the last time I checked, I didn't count them all, but I mean, the last <laughs> I, d- I think it's about one hundred seven distilleries in Scotland for ninety five million cases. We're going to have thirty plus distilleries in Ireland for nine million cases. Oh, which we expect go to 18 million cases or right. 20 million cases yeah. before too long but th- that's a quite a fast growth rate and as long as that continues or whatever but we'll still have quite a lot of distilleries and that's why i say we all need to be a bit patient mm-hmm. and and be you know be long-term investors in this business and be long-term passionates for this business i mean it, w- it would think too like th- you have a,
3: a almost a new category there'd be a good opportunity for diversity mm-hmm. in that um, kind of grains used, um, that kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. y- you sp- you speak to like historians, are saying, well, like oats are underused in, 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 yeah. in Irish whiskey. There's a a really yeah. lot of opportunity to introduce new things that it's too late to introduce in Scotland. Can't do it in America yeah. b- without like having like small distillers do it, but like on a larger scale. Like it's a sure. great opportunity to kind of redefine yeah. what Irish whiskey is to a absolutely.
0: consumer base that's going to be introduced to a lot of different distilleries. You're right. You're absolutely right. And I suppose there's the balance of innovation mm-hmm. against um maybe experimentation or trying to do something that's so totally new yeah. that it's not really traditional Irish whiskey so yeah. what we want to keep our dna as a category obviously and 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 the innovation gives us, with new distilleries gives us great opportunities including for Tullamoree uh, yeah. obviously great opportunities
3: it does i i just i wonder what the comparison is going to be between like kind of american bourbon country and and like kentucky versus hmm. non kentucky bourbons and then yep. in ireland right because i mean you you had a, like the small distilleries in the us made Bourbon that's tasted different than Kentucky bourbon. They right. use different grains. The, the single malts in the U.S. are primarily done by micro distilleries. They're not Correct. done by Jim Beam. Yeah. Um, they might be now, but well, they weren't yeah. originally. We don't know what's in their thing. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so this is an interesting. This is a good point. And so some of those micro distilleries got a really bad reputation because there wasn't a very familiar flavor. And you know, right. so
0: how does that change the, yeah. the industry? Yeah. Yeah. And I think we we all the time want to encourage innovation and experimentation, as long as there's some guidelines and rules there mm. that keep everybody in the fold. Yeah. Um, and, and if people... So, for example, you're not allowed to add any flavor to your spirit in Ireland if you want to call it whiskey. Mm. You right. know, and, and that's fine. Uh, it, as long as people don't try and make something imply it's whiskey when it's not whiskey. Yeah. Right. I'm a right. bit of an old traditionalist, no. I know. But we I think there the it is yeah. valid yeah, yeah, to, yeah. Have, <laughs> to have some guidelines and boundaries yeah. and rules. And, and then within those experiment way and yeah. offer some great uh, variants of, of of whiskey brands and uh, and many of the whiskey companies like ourselves are doing some really interesting things mm-hmm. and as, as long as we always keep it within the, r- the rules I'm very happy with that.
2: Which is great because uh, when you think about it wh- we have these old distilleries that um, you know have sort of uh, they know what they're doing, they're, they've, they've got this incredible history behind them so they're already making good whiskey and so generally the experiments are going to be great and somewhat successful and so I think people get really scared when they're like oh these new uh distilleries are opening up and they're experimenting with this and that but they don't have the history behind them to be able to say we've already nailed this thing but we're going to try this so there's this really uh, we talk about this a lot with innovation experimentation and the word craft and handcrafted um what does it mean to be a, a big distillery but also considered handcrafted and, and being able yeah. to experiment. It's not just the new guys that get to experiment, it's also super well established distilleries that can play around because we sort of have the ability to do that and, and
0: maybe have more liquid to play around with. Exactly. And that's, that's where we're very lucky. I mean yeah. we consider ourselves very lucky that we're one of the bigger brands. Yep. Um and uh, you know we were so I haven't been involved in your craft discussions. It's always a debatable point. Always, uh, what, <laughs> always. <what> does, <laughs> you say something what does craft mean to say if you're small your craft Mm -mm. It might not be good. (laughs) 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 Therefore, small is not necessarily the best thing. But we, like, uh, in our distillery, like our our new distillery in Tullamore, one of the things I would say to people, they come and look and say, wow, it's brand spanking clean. Even my boss used to say, could we not dirty up the stills a bit (laughs) and whatever. Mm -hmm. No, no, these are absolutely polished, beautiful Mm. copper stills. The one thing I would say about our, our distillery, why I would describe it as craft, is in terms of our carbon footprint, mm-hmm. it is really low. Because we have, first of all, the way the distillery is built, we're using much less energy to get from the milling to the, to the mashing to the fermentation to the distilling. It's all on the one floor. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. The second thing is that within our system, the distillery has been built. It's a modern-day distillery. Okay? Yeah. And it's been built by people who know how to build distilleries. And the guys in William Grants have said to me, if we build a distillery in Scotland soon, it will be built using the Tullamore template as the model. Wow. Yep. Because amongst other things we're doing in Tullamore is we have a system called TVR, which is thermal vapor recompression, whereby we're using the heat, the latent heat that's built up in the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from the condensers, we're reusing the the, the steam to charge up the stills. Wow. So So that saves us. Yeah. Uh, the distillery is 17% more efficient than it would have been in the olden days, let's say. And with the... Fort- with the TVRs, it's another 14% more efficient wow. in terms. Wow. Of so our carbon footprint is so low, uh, and this day and age for me, that's what we should be aiming at in yeah. terms of distilleries. Okay, it's easy for me to say that because we do it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just thinking a that for cent. all yeah. distilleries, if mm-hmm. we can say, amongst other things, mm-hmm. that we're being as environmentally friendly as mm-hmm. we possibly can be, mm-hmm. then I think that's a that's a craft. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a that's an element of craft that mm-hmm. I'm very proud of. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I did actually want to tell you a story. Oh, all right. Please do L- before we finish. Before so we finish, because you know people say so. In, in your career in, in Tommurdu and Irish whiskey, so what was been interesting? And one of the things that's been interesting is that in the seventies, I was a junior boy, okay, and recording. And then I was um, working in the the, the the sales department and the merchandising and, and building displays so back in the seventies. When even even then. We're building displays. And then <laughs> I got into the marketing department. I was a brand manager. Woohoo, you know, swanky. And then I was offered a job to manage the business Australia, New Zealand, and Asia. A lot wow. of travel, yeah, there. yeah that's yeah. great. Oh, wow. I was twenty five, seriously. Wow. Wow. WTF. <laughs> I mean, how can you how can you get such a good job when you're twenty five? I was very lucky. Obviously, <laughs> I was very lucky. So one of b- my stories is that I travelled to Japan with my boss, who was kind of handing me over to the whatever. And we were out in a bar in, um, in Japan, in a place called Roppongi, and, uh, in Tokyo. And the bars over there, they're bottle keep bars. Do you know what they are? They're when you yep. go in, you, you buy your bottle and they yeah. keep your name on it, et yeah. So we went in and we sat down and um, the, the bottle of whiskey that was brought to the table and we were sitting down with some Japanese businessmen and it was all very nice and sedate and really lovely bar, lovely place. And then some gentlemen came... This won't be a long story, I promise. Some gentleman no. came and sat at his table beside us. Japanese gentleman, and they ordered a bottle of shivas, and that was brought down and put on the table beside. And then we were sitting there, and the next thing, my boss jumped up, ran over to the table, grabbed their bottle of Chivas, and ran up the stairs and out the door onto the street. I nearly died. I nearly died. I thought, what in the name of God has he done? And everybody looked at me, and I said, don't look at me. I don't know what he's doing here. So eventually, like a minute or two later, one of the people from the other table sort of said, maybe I need to go after this guy. Because <laughs> so, everybody was a bit, what do we do here? <laughs> Up the stairs, after, my, my colleague's name was Reggie. After Reggie, onto the street, grabbed him, obviously. Something happened. The two of them arrived back in, arm in arm. Reggie carrying the bottle of shivas and the Japanese man carrying a Tullamore crock. So there was one out in the car outside, and Reggie got it, and the two and we sat down and we shared the whiskeys, and we laughed and we <gasps> hugged and everything, and everybody was hilariously funny. <laughs> and I said to him, "What was that all about?" Yeah, and he said, "You know what? They're not talking about us. They're not talking about us. We need to get people talking about Irish whiskey." So you just
3: steal the oh my whiskey. My God, God off they the talk people. about us <laughs> yeah. You can imagine what those those people told their friends. And, wow. and,
0: that's, and that and sort of yeah. it gets to bring us back to today. People are talking about Irish whiskey. We're talking about it. And that's the wonderful thing. For me, that's the wonderful change. From back then, we had to work hard. Okay, we're talking the 80s, but we had to work really hard to get people to talk about it. Now, okay, social media, communications, all different, Mm -hmm. etc., but now people are talking about Irish whiskey, and I just yeah. think that's one of the great things. Yeah, yeah. I've told that story before, but that's it's been awesome. a long time. That's an awesome yeah. that's story. An I awesome love. story. I, I'm
3: going to use that in life. Now I'm just going to take people's stuff and be like, "Well, yeah. no, but you should be using this product instead." Yeah. yeah. But it was just kind it of, kind of like, like "Let's." If we're talking <laughs> about
0: you, let's talk about us. That was the <laughs> the <laughs> sense of itself. Yeah, wow. that's awesome. wonderful. Anyway, it's, yeah. Like a, it's
2: a yeah. guerrilla marketing before it even existed. Yeah, yeah exactly. The original guerrilla marketing. Now, had there been
0: social media, that would have been all over social media. Oh, absolutely! It would have gone viral. I know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. awesome.
2: Well, John, thank you so much for being with yeah, us today. That's great, um, Thanks. John, Thanks. we have thank to be
3: back, because uh, I feel like we, we've only... Uh, you just scratched the surface, yeah. I think. I know. Yeah, I know, but you, you have to be very to careful,
2: because
0: I talk for Ireland,
3: so you have to be very careful. Like. <laughs> I, I think I think what we should do is we should shen, uh, send John a, a clip of a podcast and have him go off on whatever, like... <laughs> 30 second clip yeah. and then what are John's opinions <laughs> 30 second clip? I and think then, that's great. And he will shoot off some tangents. You know? I yeah. love <laughs> it. Wonderful. Um, love uh, it. Where can people find you? Are you on the social media? You've mentioned a lot of social media. Oh are yeah. You, no, you unfortunately active? I am. Not
0: unfortunately, no. no. Um, I, I'm, I'm not great at it mm-hmm. but I'm on Twitter, I'm on FaceTube, oh, no, that's, <laughs> I'm on Facebook and uh, Instagram now. Yeah. Uh, how can people find you on those? So uh, at Tullamore Jew JQ mm-hmm. at, uh, is, is where you'll find me John on Twitter. Quinn, yeah. uh, John Quinn Global Ambassador Tullamore Jew on Facebook. And the, the next one is really embarrassingly uh, <laughs> it's John underscore <laughs> Quinn underscore Tullamore underscore <laughs> Jew on, on Instagram. I know. It's terrible. But, but uh, I, so people told me I should be on Instagram. <laughs> and I said, why? I'm on Facebook. And they said, no, you're on Instagram. Everybody's talking about Instagram. So then I got one of the guys and this is embarrassing one of the guys in IT to put me on Instagram. And he gave me this Handle and actually, I wasn't on it for a while. And actually, (laughs) I went looking for myself. (laughs) I said, I can't even remember what I'm called. (laughs) So that's it. It's John underscore Quinn <laughs> underscore Tolomar <Talibor laughs> underscore Jew. I know it's unbelievable. Wow,
3: that was yeah. a that was a very polite. Don't ask me to do this again, yeah. sort of That's thing. great.
0: <laughs> um, I'm going to
2: tag you in a picture, and uh, you can find him um, through me. Yeah,
3: well, yeah. well right, God, please and uh, please, and I mean, also, like, I mean, you travel around the world, so yeah. literally, mm-hmm. if you're if you follow follow John, and if he's somewhere where you are, just yeah, ask to meet him in a bar, him. and he might pour you. Yeah. strength something yeah. or other yeah. Yeah. you never
2: know brand yeah. ambassadors we have fun things in our bags sometimes you All never time, know what you yeah. have that's yeah. Jamie's purse. line there's always something fun in there's a purse there's always something yeah. fun in my purse so. you yeah. <laughs> am gonna get a purse yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. right Mark where can we find you on the social media uh,
3: M-E-R-K-B-Y-L-O-K on Instagram and Twitter so
2: easy and you can find me at bourbon thing
3: alright thank you guys John thank you so much for coming. John, nice thank Mark. you well, Jamie. cheers cool. in
0: the floor, the band is blistered. Oh, we got a little more when I say what do you